It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Welcome to Nobody Panic with me, Stevie, and Tessa. Hello. And we've, it's a throuple today coming in to help us um, just sort of discuss how to, how to cope with being awkward and awkward situations is obviously comedian, but now author. That's right. Not just author, best-selling author. (laughs) Yeah. Number three. Yeah. Currently, it'll be number one next week. You're going to not number one in the audiobooks. Uh, yeah, yeah, that surprised me because I really, when I did the audiobook, I felt like I was learning to read. Did you guys have that for yes. your one? Yes, it was a really weird it was, experience. I thought my audiobook was going to be amazing. And then I got this stinking cold the week of doing it and I couldn't reschedule. So it just was terrible. And I remember not wanting it to sound downbeat and depressed, but people like, the audiobook. Yeah, you've got a good voice. You've got a beautiful voice. I'm so self-conscious of it because I have an English voice in my head because mm-hmm. live, I've lived in England for like 13 years. So whenever I hear my voice, it's really like, there's quite a big gap between I my have inner that monologue. with um, Northern uh, and I've gone really Southern and posh and whenever I hear my voice, I'm like, oh God, I sound like Dame Maggie Smith. We haven't even said your name. If you haven't realised, because uh, you haven't read the title of the podcast or it's Fern Brady, of course. It's Fern Brady. <laughs> Hello. Tars, who's been talking. <laughs> uh, author, comedian, Taskmaster star. Oh my God. Nation's oh, yeah. darling. Yes. I'm sad it's over. Buy her it book, was... Strong Female Character, now. Do you want to just like give a little pricey of like, in your words of what the book is? Well, I didn't want to do um, a book that was like uh, autism memoir. Um, There was a a lot of late diagnosed autistic women's books kicking about. And I wanted to do a thing that was like a critique of womanhood from an autistic perspective. Because there's a lot of things women do uh, that I I don't understand at all. Like around diet or... um, um, sex and things so um yeah it's basically a porno about autism great there we go that's what I'm waiting for I'm I'm not finished I'm only halfway through it is so oh dear I was hoping you hadn't read it (laughs) I think it's so beautifully written and it's so funny and it's also it's it's genuinely fantastic thank you I'm proud of it um definitely well uh, what I was going to say to you so you've all you have already read there's a bit early on in the book where I um, said a really embarrassing thing to to try and give someone advice when they just had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, because for ages I didn't know how to talk to people who just had babies because I didn't have much interest in them. So I just couldn't think of the right thing to say. And then there was a comedian who just had a baby and they were really tired because the baby kept crying. So I said, oh, it, it might be crying because sometimes when the mum is changing the baby's nappy, a hair falls off her head and gets trapped in its willy. <laughs> Helpful. She might not thought yeah. that. She probably hadn't thought that. Literally everyone in the room looked at me like I was a paedophile. It was awful. But weirdly, since the book's come out, um, because I've had like literally hundreds of messages from other autistic women and just uh, people generally uh, 
about the book and this woman messaged being like I had to leave my mother and baby group for for sharing the same fact <laughs> and she was like I couldn't go back because it was it's so embarrassing so it's wild, a good it? fact I had it's- read it in the Guardian that day so it seemed like it was okay to say yeah I mean it is okay to say but there is yeah I know what you mean like the idea of just men- you, it's like there's an unspoken rule that you can't mention the baby's genitalia you've hit on something good there I don't do well with unspoken rules understood understood <laughs> um, yeah unless someone says something to me it's almost like um, computer algorithms and stuff you have to tell AI exactly what you want it to do mm. I don't know if that's changing now I'm talking as if I know stuff about robots you're at the I don't know of GPT yeah. listen this entire podcast is us just talking confidently about things we know oh, right, about okay. so don't you worry yeah, yeah. But, um, believe commit everyone will be like yeah that sounds real yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so um, if someone sometimes people say things to me and there's a little un, unspoken rule in there and I uh, don't well like my agent a lot of the time he'll tell he's actually worked out now how to talk to me but for ages he would say something to me and then there might be a little secret rule and then he would find out (laughs) that I didn't know about the secret rule. What kind of secret rule? Well, like for years, I would say to people, if I was having a meeting with producers and they said it was a general chat, I would be like, what what is the chat going to be about though? (laughs) You're not supposed to say that. (laughs) Or... um, It, There's just millions. It's a hundred percent. I said there's something in my family with a late, uh, similarly late diagnosis in female autism, oh, and cool. it's helped us so much. Us, <laughs> like I just feel like as a family, we're all like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Now we all get it, and we all like understand that, like you know, a lot about what the book is talking about being like, people just thought I was annoying. And you're like, yeah, I wasn't yeah. being annoying. I just you didn't say what the rules were. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there is so much of that unspoken once this person got invited to a party in a in a casual phrasing that was to me so obvious that they were like no uh, it's sort of like like when you invite a neighbor but really you're just saying we're gonna have a party um it'll be noisy do pop in but really we just mean like we don't want you to what we mean is just we're having a party and we're telling you about the noise don't pop in Mm. and this person to me was like but they want me to come and i was so like oh gosh like no like it's there's so much especially in a British way where we've got so many of these little unspoken etiquette, s- stupid rules that someone's like, but when did you all learn the rules? They clearly said, pop in to the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did. And she did go and she was the first one there. Like, oh, and she, because I do that all the yeah, time. because they said to come and this is when it started. Oh, so there yeah. she was. Like, that was the instructions. Mm. And I was like, mm. I, I know. So I just, I did really, really understand um, how incredibly frustrating it must be to be like, but you said... You said it was this. If someone tells me a party starts at 7pm, I will be there at 7pm. And I've recently I've started trying to be casually late to things and then I'll still get there at like <laughs> 10 past 7 and be really stressed about it. So yeah. I'm so sorry I'm late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't but because people never actually mean arrive at that time and I've also realised like because for a lot of gigs as well promoters uh, will say get here at this time because they're accounting for comedians constantly being late and mm. disorganised. I'm always uh, on time for gigs. I'm too, a bit too much on time. I think you can take that as a pressure off your shoulders because I think in the comedy world people are thrilled that you've arrived on time in the yes you're supposed world. to do the triangle of uh, be good nice and on time uh, oh, I yeah. had an agent that told me to get two out of the, the three right yeah mm, for me um, I'm, I'm good and nice 
So I can't always control that I'm going to be good on stage. <laughs> so I have to do the other two. Yeah, so. that's it. Be be nice to work with, do good work or or do it on time. I've never heard but, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I've not been doing any of those things. <laughs> on, on time bitch, like, When I first started being a freelance journalist, someone said that to me. Those are your three. You can pick, you can have two out of these three. Because if you're, if you deliver the work uh, on time and it's good, everyone's like fantastic and you can be a real dick to work with. Uh, yeah. If you deliver the work um, late, but you're nice and the work is good. People don't mind. Mm. And what's the third option? Um, you're not nice. No, you're not. You're not good. nice. You're not good. So- you can be on time and nice, but you're not good. <laughs> those things that you're saying about like those unspoken rules. And it is fine for you to say if a sort of um, amusing fact that you've read about in The Guardian that is kind. It's not in it because it isn't actually inappropriate. It's on other people. Yeah. To, to not think- make you feel bad for something that is fine. I think this comedian was saying, we don't know why the baby isn't sleeping. And you were like, here's a, Here's an option. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I bet you've never heard this yeah. one before. Yeah. Because you weren't saying it to be funny. You were like, is that this is helpful? an option? Here's yeah. the thing like- but what I was going to say, something that made me feel better about being awkward. I think I am getting less awkward as I get older, just because I'm more confident. Um, oops. Uh, more confident. <laughs> Sorry, I just knocked the equipment. As I said, as that was said, less I'm awkward. I'm getting way better as you smash yeah, into the... <laughs> but um, uh, something that... Um, so I had to judge a comedy competition last autumn. It was awful because um, they were all really good. Not because people were rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there was a lot, a few people I met there who were like, "Oh, I'm so awkward," and they reminded me of me when I was new. And the more you say, "I'm so awkward," and say it to people, it's almost like a needy thing that you're asking for reassurance, mm-hmm. and you you just want to say to them, "Look, everyone's worrying about what they're doing, so yeah, you don't need to like." get in your head so much about it like much like the awkward when we say awkward things we're afterwards we're like everybody's thinking about this thing i said was like everyone's thinking about the own their own thing that they said like everyone's too busy in their own head and then maybe a moment but at most it's like a that was a weird thing to say and then the conversation moves on (laughs) like yeah yeah it's actually the bit that's the worst bit is then when the person or when whenever i've said anything weird or odd or i've gone like oh god i've completely my, my thing is i feel like um uh, when I started doing comedy that um, all the comedians would be like chatting and like doing bits and I'd be like yeah yeah and then I'd say something and everyone would just go quiet and stop talking and I'd be like okay I, didn't, I ruined the bit and I, then I would spend the whole time being like I ruined the bit now the next thing I have to say that had to be so funny to make up for the bit that I've ruined like I've got to like do an accent or something or like you know speak Welsh maybe and then I would just leave the event yeah I find that kind of banter difficult yeah you have to um, constantly but actually the moment I was like oh don't try and be funny just talk I was like oh well we had on we had on two comedians (laughs) on the show we had well we had totally Tom on who'd made this amazing film called um, All My Friends Hate Me and they came on the podcast talk about and they're slightly older than us and they were also so cool and so cool they were very much like because when we were doing our sketch group they were sort of the year boys in the year above you know like and so they were very very cool but also I would see them at parties at one point I went into a bedroom at a party (laughs) it's like two in the morning and they were in the cupboard (laughs) they were in the wardrobe and they were coming and they had maybe a crowd of perhaps 18 adoring people as they came in and out of the cupboard like doing a bit (laughs) and I just like joined the like adoring fans watching them what yeah they were just like they were just they were so much like the prom king so when they came on the podcast and talked about how they would leave those things being like everyone hates me everyone and things I'm cringe I'm the worst boy we were like oh my god like yeah. what's the what's this then nobody thinks they're they've done it right everybody thinks they're yeah. the, the worst true at the party and they're leaving being like I fucked it I socially fucked it that's the other thing is I'll sometimes get in my head about going to parties and then I'll think 
But lots of people feel awkward at parties. That's why British people are drunk so much of the time mm-hmm. because they feel we all learn to socialise through alcohol. Actually, I was reading some interesting study about um, why other Europeans don't drink the same as us. Oh. And basically, if when you're an awkward teenager, the way that you learn to get off with someone or chat someone up is you have to be drunk while doing it, then you're only ever going to feel comfortable in those scenarios while you're drunk, mm-hmm. uh, whereas other countries don't have that. So so their teenagers are just getting off with each other sober? Well, like, what are they doing? They don't yeah. have the binge drinking thing yeah. forced on them, I guess, so then they're so forced young. to... Then they're forced to actually, like, they just learn how to interact mm. yeah. without having to be. Uh, we do definitely have this huge teenage culture of being like, well, I was drunk, so it was fine. I so I could, yeah, so yeah, I could yeah, do yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's only in the last, like, year I've stopped drinking in every social situation because I realised that I didn't oh. know how to socialise if I wasn't at least one wine. That was even gigs, everything. And so I stopped doing it and it. <laughs> The first like two weeks, it was like everyone was just like chatting and stuff, and then I had like a megaphone and was just saying things, and I'd hear them like echo, <laughs> like I'd really feel what I was saying. We're like, I've said a thing, and then we're like, oh god, like it felt so stark, like every interaction was so like intense. Mm. And then uh, after about, I, th- I think I went to a wedding. That was when I was like, okay, I can, I, I've nailed it. Like I went to a wedding and didn't drink. And started to be like, well, if I can do that, I can do this. I can do it. And yeah, then yeah, really yeah. Learn how to talk, and it also feels a bit embarrassing because you're like, God, I'm relearning how I'm learning how to talk to people, and I'm 35, and I don't know how to talk to people. But that is just, and that is for you know, you, people think thinking that they're, they're awkward or having their own idea. Most people are awkward. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that they've had a wine. <laughs> That's a, so. I'm. I I stopped um, binge drinking a few years ago, and I we're a couple of years after I moved to London, um, and now I feel fine in most social situations. Like I don't. I actually would feel out of control if I was drunk. I think mm-hmm. I get drunk maybe twice a year or something. <laughs> I, I actually think I'm like addicted to the feeling of smugness from not drinking. I get such a kick out of mm-hmm. it. But I did start to drink more when I was writing the book. Because uh, I love drinking alone. I don't know why that's seen as an alcoholic thing. Because most people I know who have a problem with drink, drink socially. It mm. is weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've actually, yesterday, I was like, because I've started drinking, um, or like I got introduced to vodka martinis, and I love them. And But I can only drink like two maximum. Of them. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I'm just, and also that you, you drink them quite slowly. Whereas wine, I completely neck it back, and it's a real social thing for me. So I, in my head, was like, I think maybe I'll, I'll only drink if I'm alone. And then I was like, that's insane but actually what I mean by that is that I never get drunk when I'm on my own I just like I drink for the sake of enjoying a drink because when I'm out I'll drink because I'm like awkwardness 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 and I think whether it's alcohol I almost feel like I've spoken too too much about that but like anyone's got their thing that they mask their awkwardness with and like everybody is masking their, their awkwardness all the time or trying not to appear awkward all the time I can't mentally deal with hangovers at all now i get terrible like terrible depression and um is it called anxiety Anxiety. yeah Yeah. also do do you have the thing because i think something that i've found as i've got older is that i want to message people more if i feel like i've been awkward and that can like the other day i'm i'm i met i saw um our friend uh jim um who just been nominated for a bafta and um and i was like three days after and i was just so excited to see him uh, and i just kept being like 
It's so good. I wasn't even drunk. I was just, you know, just repeating yourself. And you're like, okay, I'm, I think I was actually quite embarrassing. It was like, he's quite contained as a guy. And I was like, I just went on too long about it. And so like I messaged him and said, like, I'm, I'm really, okay, I'm, I know, like, let's all be honest with ourselves. I was weird. Um, I was just really excited. And I'm so happy for you. But now I'll be normal because I've got it out of my system or whatever. And obviously he was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And that, but then I, I think in the past I would never have thought to do that. I think I'm getting more aware of awkwardness as I get older. And if I hadn't have done that, it would have been fine. Like it would have been much better to just kind of let it lie and yeah. like let it be. I just think if you've said a, a, an awkward thing, don't beat yourself up about it for a long time after and ruminate on it. Because I think uh, like for me, for ages, I would, because I'm quite, I, I'm a sociable person, but I enjoy socialising on my own, to, I, I like to socialise with like two or three people at once rather mm-hmm. than like a big, big group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realised the more I beat myself up about saying an awkward thing at a, a social situation, the more I would stop going to social events and talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. So you can end up reinforcing this negative stereotype about yourself in your head. Mm-hmm. Also, I think the baby steps thing, so like... The fact that you just said about the spiral, you can get into this spiral. Um, once you've done it once by like, so say you like identify what your masking thing is. Like, what do I do that maybe isn't healthy that that kind of stops me from feeling awkward? What's my brain doing to protect itself? And then maybe just ha- like just remove the stabilizers for a bit. So maybe do one thing without drinking or and see if, and, and see how it goes. And then you'll feel really proud. Like the idea that like it's a bit of a, an addictive buzz being like, I've gone to this thing. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I get so in my head about birthdays. I like my birthday and everything and I do celebrate it. But I get so stressed about mixing friendship groups. Yes. Oh, I can't stand it. It actually makes yeah. me feel really sick. Hot. I don't know why, because I've had friends that I've met 
through me and then they end up being better friends than they are with me and like <laughs> a lot of like other people aren't as stressed about it as me yeah um but i get so in my head about uh birthday events the thought of renting a warehouse and try and putting on a rave is it's my oh hell my i just can't i actually can't imagine no. it because it's so it would just be it would just be one person it. there well it's funny because that would me. be me yeah i was thinking about <laughs> it this me, morning and i was trying to think if either of you i was like i've never seen Tessa have a birthday event that never. was Tessa's party of the year. No, <laughs> no, but I never, I've never had a party. Oh, I, like, I, ne- I have had one. Yeah, well done. I've never. Um, well done. Well, <laughs> I've, never- I've had it in my house where all my things are, and then, uh, then I know I can be an absolute state and just go to bed immediately. Yeah, that is good. Um, That's so cute. That's nice. I, I, yeah. I had one for my thirtieth, and I felt so embarrassed about doing it that I was like I'll just invite one I only invited one faction of my friendship group which was my university friends mm-hmm. so then loads of my other friends saw it and were like thanks for not inviting me to your big 30th birthday and thought they weren't my friend so, so that, that was the mm-hmm. last time I had it you fucked, just, it. Never, you fucked it I'm n- never again I remember there was a very cool big rave thing and I got invited to it I uh, I got so anxious about going that I cried <laughs> and my partner had to push me out the door. I was like, I want to go, but like, I'm going on my own. And like, what if this, I get in my head, I would just get there and I wouldn't know anybody and then I'd have to leave. And this like, is what I'm like as yeah. well. And like, I, I'm, I still get in my head about it now. Like, um... Lou Sanders and Annie McGrath had a joint birthday Kaylee. I love Kaylee's. I'm against um, marriage, no offence, because uh, I know you've got <laughs> my fine. user. Again. But um, I was going to get a civil partnership just so that I can have a Kaylee at it because I just love them. Um, and I was desperate to go to this and then I just got two in my head and I couldn't go. Oh, no. And Lou and Annie are so nice and yeah. I know that they genuinely wanted me to go and everything. When you say you got in your head, what is the main feeling that comes up? Just like... I'm going to get there and not be able to talk to anyone and then, uh, or wear the wrong thing or, I don't know, I don't know yeah, why. I relate yeah. to you. Yeah. Because it isn't, because you, you actually, logically, you know that that won't happen. Like, yeah. you know, the next day, whenever I've done that, I've been like, that would have been fine. Like, now I'm in a different headspace, that would have actually been fine. But it's that moment of like, I can't make myself leave. Like, I can't get out the door. Like, I can't, I can't. And like that, it's been a while since I've felt like that, but like, it's so strong. And it just feels like it's that moment that you go, okay, I'm feeling this feeling. I'm so, because I'm so, I don't want to go, I'm going to make myself go. Because you need to prove to your brain there's nothing to be frightened of. Because your brain's gone, there's a tiger and it's following me. And so then you have to hide. Like your brain can't differentiate between a social, as you've said to me loads of times, like a social situation or like genuine danger. Your brain just goes, danger, danger, danger. So like you've got to go, brain, it's a party, it's fine. Mm. And like you've got to fight it a little bit. Um, Yeah. And generally for a, a friend's birthday party, or a friend's birthday thing, I'll almost never regret going. But then a works party, I'll mostly regret going. That's been my experience. <laughs> like, um, like you know how there's like party at the fringe every year. Yeah. Uh, it's I don't know why in my mind I always think I'll turn up and then it'll be I'll just become really cool. <laughs> I always just think I'm gonna go with this. I'm finally gonna become cool, fern. And then everyone's going to, I don't know why I think this, it's every single time. And then you're like, oh no, this is terrible. Um, All the other comedians are anxious. 
Um, yeah. Everyone's just talking about what a bad time they're having. As yeah, well. yeah, like, that's the other what, thing. What are we doing here? I, was, I actually thought while we were talking, that's probably why some of the best nights out you ever have is where you plan to just spontaneously go for one drink. So you've just been working for a day and then you go, oh, should we just go to the pub? And then you end up getting hammered. Uh, those are the best because you've not built it up in your When head. lunch becomes yes. dinner, becomes a night yes. out. Like oh, that's it's amazing because then you're like, oh look, we're just doing it, and you haven't put it's any pressure best. on it. I feel exactly that of like, finally, I'm going to look so cool at the party, and then always I'm wearing something insane, and I'm so cross with myself because I built up so much. But both of you are really, I would say, quite objectively, both of you are very cool at social functions because you. I'm are, not cool. No, you know, no one thinks they're cool, but you, as in all cool is, is obviously an appearance of cool. Like it's yeah. you can't actually be cool at your core because you were all like or to seem disinterested. Yeah, which is also quite shitty, really. Right? But like, both of you are a good call because you always look like you've just come from something else, always, which you have. <laughs> yeah. Or you've got wet hair. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, you, do, you it's like this, you, you don't even care about this. You just, you've just like popped out from the shower and you've just like popped, which is genuinely <laughs> very cool. Do you turn up at all parties just with dripping wet, dripping wet hair? Genuinely, yeah, genuinely yes. Because yeah. yes. I want to be clean, but I've missed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> everyone else has showered. Well, we all do. <laughs> We've done our hair. Yeah, but I just misjudged how long things take. Absolutely. So I've, you know, I've got wet hair. But, but, the, but, but the signals that gives out are, are just like, hey, we're all just having a fun time at this party. It's not a big deal, guys. I've just popped from the shower. Whereas, you know, there's, there's something not cool. I mean, obviously, people can be cool and be very well organised and well groomed, but also like it's very easy to appear like you've tried too hard. Mm. And cool is also a one one facet of cool is not trying too hard. And also, Fern, when you're at parties or whenever I've seen you at things, you turn up and just like chat like a cool person, and you always that's not true. The last social thing I saw you at was outdoor barbecue thing or picnic and um, I was really stressed because everyone kept asking me to play rounders oh my god yes I know there's a full game of rounders I found it very traumatising at school and rounders was one of the things where I felt the most autistic because I couldn't take in the rules so everyone would always be like shouting at me and call, like saying I was an idiot and stuff oh were they shouting God. fourth base fourth base I don't I don't understand I <laughs> okay. do not understand it and at this thing everyone kept initially trying to gently encourage me to play rounders and then when the tenth person was like come and play rounders with us I was like I, I can't I have to leave now <laughs> but you, you you say that but from my perspective so I was stood with like well, I was Nish. smoking a cigarette right. and a leather jacket <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the, really the T-Birds in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Rounders, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I was stood being like, well, I'm so aware that like all the cool people are there playing rounders and I'm stood, t- to be fair, with very nice people having a chat and you swung by and went like, hey, how's it going? Oh, hi, yeah, yeah. And then you were like, we talked about for a second, I think something to do with it on Twitter or something. And you were like, oh yeah, it's great. And then you just like wandered off and I was like, she's very cool. Like, no, <laughs> no. One, no, one, no one's masking their awkwardness. Everyone is trying to find something to... Stop I used to um, work for uh, ES Magazine, the free magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, they, and I was in charge of, um, I've never publicly said this, but I was in charge of um, the flashbulb pages. I didn't know this. Yeah, I know. I'd I've love to it. be on that. <laughs> That's the thing. You'd think you would. It was hellish. Like you, you had to go to the parties. You have to write it up and say it was all oh. fun and all the things that you went to. But really, you go, you, you had to like go to like the red carpet of premieres and then like, ask your question and I used to just completely go to pieces every time once I had to do Tom Cruise at the film for Oblivion 
and he got to me and he, I literally was like, I, I stumbled so much. He had to put his hand on my shoulder and be like, do you have a question? And I had to be like, and then I said, I really liked your film about space. <laughs> and he was like, okay, well, good to talk. And then like, I missed my, I missed my question. So I, then I, and I was supposed to go and talk to these famous people at these parties. And I got so scared of doing it that I would go home and just make up the quotes, which is completely, oh completely yeah. not allowed. Yeah. And I hope it's been a long enough time has passed that people won't be cross with me. You know, and people would always be like, I can't believe Graham Norton said that. And I was like, me neither. <laughs> he, he did he, it. He just, yeah, he you know, I'd go up it. and I'd always just, I'd get, I'd be like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Here we go. Here we go. And then I'd get there. My knees would just crumble, you know, and, and by come on, come on, I'd be like 10 feet away from whoever I was supposed to go up to talk to. And I, on the journey, I would just like gently <laughs> crumble to dust. And then I'd get there and I'd be like, I hope you have a good party <laughs> and like leave again. Oh God, it was awful. And I think forcing myself to like go to these, eventually I had to just say, sorry, I can't do it anymore. I'm so bad at it. And we're making up libelous quotes here. Like, please stop sending me. But I think sort of forcing myself Oh, repeatedly going through it I was like this is this is this is a waste of energy this amount of how hot I am mm. how what I when I'm just talking into my shoulder like this is all so stupid and eventually I had just like sort of I think the that silly expression about like frequency is freedom but like the more eventually after I'd done like so many of these like a bit of the pressure came off and a bit of the like this is all that's happening to my body, this is pointless use of energy. Like, this is going mm. in completely the wrong direction. Well, so if you can do that, you can do anything. That's the thing. Like, if you can go and say to Tom Cruise, oh, I'm on space, and you, you can be at a party and yeah. chat to someone. Like, you've I done think that's the, the most thing. Once thing. I'd been like, right, well, and I think it also coming away, watching him walk away and being like, well, I'll have to make up yet another quote. <laughs> the See, I did that job, but I didn't make up quotes. So I just got fired, like, immediately. You didn't make them up. No, no right, of, course, right. of course not. No, uh, that, <laughs> that, that's that. interesting. Me, <laughs> they were like, "You're absolutely great at this." I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not." Did <laughs> you like, not get enough quotes from them? Uh, no, so I did it twice. Um, and once the the last time I ever did it was I was told to try and break into the VIP section of a film that George Clooney was in because he was in the, the and I was like, "Well, I can't get in." And the editor was like, "Get in." So I was like, "Ah, oh. like, you need quotes." So then I, I looked up and Rick Edwards was there, who's really nice, and I had a really big drink and then went to Rick Edwards and just said, "I'm really sorry. I've got to do this job and I need a quote or they won't let me go home." And he went, "That's great. I'm hosting the the Paralympics." He was like the first year he was hosting the Paralympics. And he was like, "No one knows I'm going to do it. I haven't announced it yet. Do you want that quote?" And I was like, "Yes." And he was like, "I totally get it. My ex-girlfriend used to do that." Horrible job have a great night I was like thank you and then I went to the toilets and cried it was really nice and then, oh, I, then, and then I quit Rick Edwards yeah I, I quit on a big high <laughs> but that yeah. was quite quite a low moment just being like I need some news and also the the thing is that the ultimate the sort of dark night of the soul for you and the ultimate like you just went and said your truth which was I need a quote rather yes. than having to like sort of manipulate Pretend. anybody into anything or like trick them into being cool so I think there is something very freeing about just going up and being like I don't know anyone at this party like or I feel very awkward or just like saying your please may I have a quote yes. Rick Edwards and also another thing that helped me so much was this this is an indirect result of this is I started doing improv not because I wanted to be because I just thought it sounded fun not because I thought like oh this will help with social anxiety but realizing that in a group of like 15 people or whatever all of whom to me looked really confident and calm and cool as we like stood in the circle like doing whatever our first group game was and then the pub afterwards sort of five sessions in people being like I've been dripping in sweat from the moment we've arrived like and just revealing like like how scared everybody else in the room was when I thought I'm the only person who's scared mm. and um 
something I used to say to my sister who gets herself like very scared in social situations is we used to say she, she'd be like I can't go to this thing I'll be so soggy by which she means like I'll uh, be so sweaty oh. and soggy that I no one want to shake my hand because I'm too soggy oh. <laughs> and we say everyone is soggy that's what we chant <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody's, yeah, yeah. Soggy. everybody's soggy everybody's soggy and then she's always like not him and I'm like I swear to god if we went and saw a heat map of that guy's head yeah, and if you actually yeah. look in everybody's just being like I'm soggy I'm soggy and so just realising that like everyone's pretending everyone thinks everybody else is cool and then being like okay we're all soggy and being honest yeah. and open about it and saying right. like, hello I'm soggy my most shameful thing I've ever ever done oh wow is... really burying the lead there right Sorry. at the end of the podcast <laughs> just so I really thought about it and I, I come to while listening to you I've come to a conclusion about why it is mm-hmm. um, is that my most awkward thing I've ever done is at a party first year of university everyone had gone back to their hometown and everyone was in that sort of like acting out phase of like here we used to be school friends but now everyone's doing their own thing and like you know people are finding themselves as adults and who are we now everyone's sort of gone to university and reinvented themselves we went to the birthday party of one girl and all her university friends had come to this party and our school friends were really sort of being very really showing off in the corner and being really hard work and i was like no we're going to mingle and I went be like, no, I'm going to mingle now. And I got talking to this boy who wasn't giving me very much. I started telling a funny story that the girl whose party it was had told me about a, a sex story, about <laughs> her having sex with a boy at university. And I really gave it my all um, in this story. And then my, my friend looked over at me and gave me like the worst look I've ever seen a person look at me. And she looked so horrified. And I realized immediately that I was telling a boy, a sex story that was about him. <sighs> oh, no. And I, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. And, uh, and after many years of, and I just fled the room. <laughs> I fled and I had to leave the party. But after a long time of thinking about it, I was like, it was from a place of um, fear of being like, I've got nothing to say. I'm not interesting. Uh, no one wants to talk to me. I'll, I'll just tell like, and here's an outrageous story <laughs> and I'll tell it. And then it made me be like, you got to stop doing that and being so afraid because you just tell any normal story like tell ask him questions you don't have to be doing a story all the time like just say how was your day and like ask him what he's into like it doesn't have to be this like if you're not telling if you're not if people aren't coming away being like oh that was a great tale then the party's a disaster or whatever you don't have to yeah and so it was like chill out chill out basically you survived it that's a huge piece of advice and like I think that's like one of the we've maybe done like a couple of like big ones this is the final big one which is that like yeah it's if you feel awkward like it's make it about the other person not your awkwardness as in make your conversation like ask questions like you don't have to be then people aren't looking at you to like prop up the entire party and the entire Mm. social engagement like shift the attention yeah like maybe with the the baby and the penis, you know, it, <laughs> you certainly shifted that you, attention. You certainly, yeah. But yeah. Maybe, you know, he was just sort of expressing himself, and you were like, like me being like, my job here is to, I must say a fact, you know. And yeah, you're like, I'll tell her helpful. This will be helpful, which I think the instinct is completely right. But maybe possibly what that guy wanted in the moment was just like to be asked a question about it, or just to say like that sounds very tough, or yeah, you know, and or like, oh, how are you feeling, or like, is that impacting you? Well, the- is that impacting you? Actually, because I've been going out with someone a long time, he's always um, said to me that I seem to feel the need to try and solve the person's problem Mm. immediately by giving them a fact. And he was like, sometimes people just want 
like a platitude or for you to say that sounds bad rather mm. than a fact. I actually, I did it again though recently. Sometimes you forget, especially with people you're relaxed around. My friend Susan's dog was ill and uh, I asked uh, what kind of dog it was and he was a Labrador and I said, um, big dogs die younger. <laughs> It is a fact. <laughs> it's an unfortunate fact. <laughs> but that isn't going to help her, really. No. The, the dog's fine. Dog's fine, <laughs> thank God. A friend once said to me that I get in real trouble for just telling people um, the truth all, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And when it's like they don't really want to hear the truth and I'm quite um, direct with it. And they said, you are like a, a mirror uh, in a high street shop with like strip lighting and the mirror's just like aggressively says exactly what's there. And what sometimes what people want, and she described one of our other friends who definitely does this, is, a, and she said, our friend X is more of a bridal mirror. They're at a gentle angle. Yeah. There's a sepia tone. You look thinner in it. You look lovely. And so people get a bit upset with you sometimes because what you present is just like the hard truth so like Labrador big dogs die young there you go Whereas yeah but what, this is amazing but what people make so sometimes my friend says to me bit more, maybe a bit more bridal mirror she says with you know to be like more bridal you mirror. could be a bit more bridal mirror that's today that's an amazing maybe. description yeah, it really really helped, helped yeah. me and so maybe it will help you and maybe it will help it's, it's definitely something I've been practicing more and more um, because once you once I learn the rule and put a system in place mm. I'm quite good at following it yeah. I just need to learn them all Mm. I, though, right. she's just saying that she sees my friend who was describing saying that I should try this more says that what she sees is me just going oh mm, and like <laughs> like pretending to be the bridal mirror but like clearly having a truth yeah. that I want to share she's like that's not achieved yeah. anything my <laughs> boyfriend said the exact same thing about me yeah he's, he'll be like I can see how hard you were trying there <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. but that's not the same as doing it well yeah yeah oh that's god so um, uh, right I, thank you so much yeah. for coming on you We've taken up so much of your time, but Thanks I feel like we could me. hang out all day. It's yeah. lovely to talk to Thank you. you. And, um, buy Fern's book. It's strongly wonderful. Female character. It's really yeah. fantastic. It's got a fantastic cover. It's really nice. Oh, I mean, nice. I can't classic. take uh, the credit for that. But yeah, other than I said red was my favourite colour, like so you a can toddler. Take credit for yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it was all you. Right. It's lovely colour. Yeah. Um, strong female character. It's out now. It's also on audio. If you love the sound of her lovely voice, yeah. number one on Audible. Number yeah. one. <laughs> Taking over Prince Harry. Thank yeah. God, thank God. About time. In your face. Henry Windsor. <laughs> <laughs> wow, let's end on that. <laughs> Goodbye.